forgot what this sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> Last week, Scott caught us off guard. Not dance music, it was busted, but not enough to beat Girls Aloud. And Liam loved something that he'd only heard for the first time recently. It topped it, but Girls Aloud stuck in place. Welcome to Naughty's Naughty. This is the home of Naughty's Nostalgia. We are on an intrepid quest to find definitively, once and for all, the best pop song that got in the top 10 of the UK charts in the Naughty's decade. I say the definitive. We are both picking one each. We are. So there's not really an answer to the question as such. There's two answers to the question, uh, but hopefully with your participation as well, you'll have one answer too. There might be a little bit of joy at the end if we go, oh, we've got our winners, but hold on a second. Are they naughty? Yeah. We're like, yeah. Yeah, that could be the whole, the, the point. Well, I sort of thought that we'd never meet up in the middle with the same one until the very end. I wonder but if this is going to happen again. Yeah, hmm. here we are. Who's going to break first? Well, you, statistically, yeah, me, it's going to be you. It could be, it could be today. It could be. Do you know what it is? Um, I've seen, because we're kind of a little bit ahead in what we've looked at because we're just trying to get prepped, we've seen a few things. Mm-hmm. And there was something whenever I saw it, I was like, is that going to have a... Is that going to have a massive impact on me? But yeah, we'll see. For 2003, me being like six going on seven, like I'm, I'm fully like alive and conscious now. Like, you know, when you like <laughs> at, the, at the start of this thing age, I was three at the start of this series. So, mm-hmm. you know, you haven't got a lot of memories from that time. Like it's kind of maybe going to school and seeing certain friends and doing like, but now like six and seven, I'm making a lot more memories I can actually remember. Yeah. I can remember. So a lot of these tracks coming through now have similarly detailed memories attached like the ones that you have of like going to nightclubs and going and yep. having a car like for me I've got like actual memories of like kids parties and you know well my life wasn't that exciting so like going to the shops but still that's be- exciting being on Chilly Road and Heaton and you know listen to Room 5 make love and being like oh mm-hmm. great it's, a, it's, it's not an exciting memory but it's a memory that, well, I, that, I, that I have you're further forward it's funny, isn't it, how it pans out? I'm trying to think, like, my memory... Because your memories, now that you're having, will have been so controlled by media. Yeah. Because there'll have been mobile phones, there'll have been, like, different TV channels, TV. there'll have been, like, actual computers in people's houses, mm-hmm. whereas mine's were probably a bit more experiential. Is that a word? Yeah. Um, you had, like, experiential clubs, car... Mm-hmm. Radio. Oh, I'm talking about when I was seven, six or seven. Yeah. My yeah. memories of being that time would all be like based on something where yours, they wouldn't be media driven as such. Would they have been toy driven, potentially? A lot of toy cars. Yeah. I had a, yeah. a great little 205 that I loved. And my teacher, when I was in primary two, which would have been six and maybe six years old, Mrs. Buchanan had a red one. So sometimes when I would drive that car, I'd pretend it was Mrs. Buchanan, one of my little <laughs> matchbox, two, matchbox 205s. She had a red it's one. It's Scott's Teacher of the Week. I loved Mrs. Last Buchanan. Last week it was uh, Miss was Walker. Mrs. Walker, yeah, she was a, she was a sub, but uh, we we had we, <laughs> you, you dumb. Well, so the yeah, the weird thing was about Mrs. Walker was so whenever I moved schools then from that school where she was a sub teacher and I went to a different school to do my A levels, her son was in my class and it was oh. just like weird. Yeah, not yeah, it was strange because she talked about me a lot. Oh. Like she, we really got on and we were really close. Um, but she would have talked about me a lot. So this guy immediately, I hadn't seen him since primary school because we like went to two different schools. But then mm. I was back and like he obviously was sick of hearing about me. So, 
Mm. Podcast? Let's do a podcast, yeah. yeah. You'll need tissues at the ready for Kelly Rowland's gut-wrenching stole and maybe even keep them out for the euphoric tears of Jürgen Vries and CMC. But who's CMC? Ooh, we'll find out soon. Plus, Craig David is back. Beyonce and Jay-Z collaborate, but it's not that one. Or oh, that one, actually. There's a few, isn't there? But uh-huh. it's none of them ones. It's no. this one. Uh, and there's a podcast debut for Tattoo and Cameron. But first... Let's start a new week. It's the 26th of January, 2003. The album chart. It's been Avril, and Justin's been creeping up. Uh-huh. And your new number one is, like Scott Mills, who's who by this point has now left Radio 1, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. Sad. Uh, Justified is now number one. It took 12 weeks, but it finally got there. Hooray. Well done, Justin yeah. Timberlake. Okay, let's get to some top tens. We will start with the number two, because it is still... <laughs> Uh, who is it? It's David Snedden. It's still David Snedden from Fame Academy. Did he keep this song off? Yeah. Oh, wow. In his second week. So Snedden's number one, and at number two, <laughs> now what we consider... Are you laughing at number two every single time? Yeah, <clears throat> it's my thing. Now at number two. <laughs> I was going to say it randomly during the show today, and you're not... <laughs> <laughs> um, now, the thought of these two... <laughs> I didn't even say number! <laughs> two. <laughs> 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 the thought of these two not being number one together is a bit unthinkable. Although now I guess like they've taken very different paths. But back at this time, you know, Beyonce and Jay Z, they're now establishing themselves as like a, a couple. Now like a, a professional couple as well. Uh, the track is called O3 Bonnie and Clyde. This is what the Beckhams couldn't do because neither of them could sing, wasn't it? Wow. I know. Shots fair. <laughs> no, I do. I love them. Uh, well, I'll, we can go back to the Beckhams in a second. But uh, this is off JC's seventh album, um, and it was the lead single. It was called what, The Blueprint 2, The Gift yep. of the Curse? Or something the Blueprint like that. 2. Dearie me. And yeah, this is one of these ones where I immediately can smell and taste things again. So I'm back in Armani's and Kelly's. I think this is a Goldschlager one. Oh, right. I think I'm Goldschlagering up a little bit here. Um, Yeah, but a nice intro. I haven't got it down as an intro juice, but I do have it down as a very nice intro. Yeah. Because it starts very nice with um, the guitar. But um, yeah, I. This was. I remember this being a huge deal. Mm. I do. I'm, I'm a bit underwhelmed with it and stuff now, and I wasn't looking forward to it coming. And actually, I liked listening to it again and watching the video for it again yeah. more than what I thought I was gonna. They've done much better since, but I think for for its time, I can see why this caused a stir. I can see why people were yeah. into it. Yeah. Well, so what was weird was because Nelly and Kelly had happened... So this just seemed like it was potentially that again. Mm. But really what happened was Nelly and Kelly actually really made it seem like they were in a relationship when they weren't. Whereas at this point, there was loads of question marks about whether they really were in a relationship at this point. And yeah, it was definitely an interesting one, but we do get better stuff from them as a pair. Mm. A few things of note. Um, First of all, it was a number four in the US, so pretty big. Oh, wow, yeah. It was Jay-Z's second top ten and Beyonce's first as a solo artist. Oh, wow. 
you know, so many. Mm-hmm. Um, she's credited here for the only time ever, I think, as Beyonce knows. Mm. Because before this, on Work It Out for the Austin Powers, she was Beyonce. After this, for Crazy in Love, she's Beyonce. But here, she's Beyonce knows. Weird. I know. What that's all about. How strange. Mm. Obviously inspired by Bonnie and Clyde, the film, the video kind of riffs on that as well. In terms of the samples you've got in there, you've got Tupac, Me and My Girlfriend. All I need in this life is me and my girlfriend. Also taking some lyrics from Prince, If I Was Your Girlfriend, so Tupac and Prince are on the list of songwriters. Massive list here, isn't it? Along with Kanye West, Mm. who co-wrote this with Jay-Z. And wouldn't it be nice to hear more stuff like this from Kanye that's just like simple and not like... You know, really complicated and fussy and like borderline unlistenable. But I miss this about everybody. I, I miss, miss this about Kanye. Beyonce too. Yeah, like I do miss you. I like. Well, you like, know, that's people have to grow, but that's an interesting point because you like Beyonce's kind of gone down a similarly experimental path. Mm-hmm. Kanye's obviously just gone way off the deep end. Yeah, um, it is. Yeah, it's it's mad. I think that they, they did stuff that that was this kind of commercial. Yeah, but I I do honestly I love this era of stuff because. It's just exciting to watch people kind of grow out of it, and it's a bit like I'm always wondering who is the next Beyonce, and will there be a next Beyonce? I think the next Beyonce was Rihanna, in ter- like, it, like you know, yeah. in terms of like star power brand, you know, Beyonce, yeah. Rihanna now does more other stuff because Beyonce, Rihanna had music. banger after banger after banger, and then had We Find Love, mm-hmm. and I think some people that are younger might think that We Find Love was the first one where it's like <laughs> she had like so many good tracks back. of her own yeah. and then what happened was she went she just everything chill I think what happens is people really start to get to what they what they want and they're like yeah this is me being a real artist and stuff now and I'm doing mm. what I want and stuff and I'm just like my brain's commercialified I'm a bit like mm. I want the I want the pop banger sometimes. Hits, yeah. I don't want. I want like the ponder replays. I don't want the blooming, <laughs> like whatever. I don't know. What, I don't want the work, 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 works. I don't, I don't really know. need that. And I like that one. That is yeah. one. Of the, that is one of the better ones of that era. Mm. But it's the same for Beyonce. Like I want the crazy and loves. I don't need this Bonnie and Clyde one no. as much. I don't necessarily love it. But I just remember there being Tony Braxton drama saying that she'd played it to Def Jam her version to Def Jam, oh. and then she said they'd ripped it off, oh. and there was a lot of public who had about Tony Braxton Um, so I don't know what that is but there's probably more information on the internet about that being a Mm. a thing possibly I was reading a thread about this on Reddit on Hip Hop Heads which is like a good place to go to because they're like hip hop nerds who really have a strong opinion on this either way and no one's like particularly complimentary I think probably because of Tupac and they all think that Tupac did this better Okay, and they yeah. obviously will you know back him, and they're a bit kind of like standoffish towards this one. But I think it's kind of it's interesting to watch the beginnings of what would go on to become like a real music empire. The pair of them, mm-hmm. they work together again a few times. Crazy Love's coming up soon, but Beyonce is the lead on that. They've got another one that they do. Um, I'm sure I've got it written down actually. Yeah, if um, Drunken Love, oh, 2013, yeah. that's them together. And of course, they did a full album together as the Carters. Yeah, so I don't need that in my life. No, I like the cars. I like uh, Ape Shit's a great tune, but they're, they're an interesting pair. It's it's not particularly romantic. It's about as romantic as a story which is about 1930s bank robbers who had their guts blown out by police. Mm-hmm. That's kind of, yeah, in that sense it's appropriate because, you know, that is a weird kind of sick romance. They're less problematic as a couple than Ja Rule and Ashanti, even though they are Robin Banks. Yeah. So that's something... It's got a nice flow, but of course it would. It's Jay Z. It's got a Kanye production that's you know pretty stellar. 
of course, it's Kanye, who is a good producer. People forget that he's a really good producer. And it's funny seeing Beyonce in a Burberry bikini. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> How strange. Would, she wouldn't be seen... Like, if you look at what she, like, what she wears now, like her aesthetic now is like sitting on a horse with nothing mm-hmm. on. And then here she's in like a Burberry bikini. This is really the era, you know, the Austin Powers and this Beyonce is really the figuring it out. Oh, yeah, Beyonce. it's all over the place. But I love this about it. I love yeah. the fact that everything's like in its... In, it feels like it's in its infancy, even mm-hmm. though we've had some like just non-stop bangers from Destiny's Child. But there's... At this point, she really gives you like head girl vibes still. Like she's really, really good and smart and lovely. And he's maybe not head boyish, but he's not the biggest idiot in the school, but yeah. actually he's quite streetwise. And he's maybe the captain of the team, but also okay academically. Yeah. Um, and it's like they've been paired up. Whereas, you know, like, you know, Nelly and Kelly, for example, going to do some damage down that high street. <laughs> Seriously. Whereas these two, they're, they're just very goody goodies and they're so strategic and they're so smart yeah. and um, not like in a, not in a capitalist way, such no. but it does kind of, pan out that way in many respects but yeah even at this point she still oozes kind of star quality even though she's yeah this is a new thing it's like she's just stepped out of the band but already like the, the pair of them do they do look similar in the way they carry themselves to how they do like 15 years later when they're like the mm-hmm. carters you know it's, it's already before they're even officially a thing it feels like it's officially a thing yeah and but that's what people thought at the time yeah, they were yeah. like there was something in that that people were just a bit like that's real whereas Nelly and Kelly it was oh, is it, it was more like oh, that'd be great if it was whereas yeah. in this one it was oh. a bit like hold on a second this is strange mm. you know there's there's definitely a connection here between them and it makes sense you know it does make sense and I'm kind of glad that it happened and I love that that's the the way that it's evolved and things but yeah I, I, I feel like as the first track on an episode of the podcast normally there should be something much bigger and better to say about it but actually mm. it's like great to hear it again are we going to listen to it again over the next few months at all no, is it a meh? It's just a bit. It's a bit of a meh. A meh plus. Yeah, meh plus. Yeah, if you've got like a, a grade on a paper at school, be like a B. But still, global superstars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a number two in the UK. <laughs> oh fucking! <sighs> of course, Beyonce. Now fast forward her new stuff, Renaissance. We spoke about it briefly last week, and you're not a big fan. I do like it very much. I think it's a really energetic thing. It's it's mixed nice. Like it's a big continuous flow of different yeah. sounds not without controversy she had the word chat change the yep. disabled slur there's the Khalees milkshake sample that got taken out of the track energy because mm. Khalees kicked off such a fuss not just at Beyonce but also at the Neptunes who produced it who got the credits for the sample and not Khalees because she didn't write the song mm. so Khalees kind of made a, a point about the fact that this keeps happening in music where artists who make stuff aren't getting credit aren't getting money mm-hmm. But that's just the way the songwriting credits for samples works, isn't it? Like, if you didn't write it, you're not, you're not going to... No. But I think Killy wanted a bit more of a nod of, like, you know, she did that. I think we're in a day and age now where what you've got to do is you've got to give people the nod. Yeah. Like, yeah, totally. yeah, you didn't... Okay, you didn't write it. Okay, you didn't do that. And you're not getting paid for it. But Jesus, she put it on a map. Yeah. You know, and there it wouldn't have been be... what it was if it wasn't that. No, because other people wouldn't have done that the same. No, no. And I think that's a wider thing is like, you know, what I don't like is all the calling out and be like, I did that first and here I made that bit and all of that kind of crack. But that's as petty as it is, that is kind of the industry because it's so controlled by copyright and trademark and all of that crack. And, and I it's hate good, that part of it. But, but but it's also partly good that it is. Otherwise, you know, it could be like a wild, wild west of all sorts. There's got to be some rules. Are they the right rules? Maybe not. Well, there'll be no songs today because loads of things are samples now because yeah. it's it's the new artistic thing to be able to do really well. Mm. So, mm. yeah, we're in, a, we're in a place. 
And of course with Beyonce, there's the whole like great resignation thing. The fact that she talks about like having a nine to five job and quitting your job because like, you know, fuck the man. Mm-hmm. And everyone's going like, well, you never worked nine to five in your life. I mean, arguably she probably works like nine till like nine because of like how long like, you know, shooting music videos takes and mm-hmm. promoting stuff. And it's probably not as much fun as people make it out to be. But yes, she got some criticism for like inspiring folks to quit their jobs even though she totally wouldn't do that herself no um, but in terms of charts this was number two Bonnie and Clyde and Break My Soul also number two uh, her first top ten as a lead artist since Drunken Love with Jay-Z 2013 and the best chart performance since If I Were a Boy in 2008 which was number one she's not had anything like that since those singles she's so, not bothered she's not she's not a commercial artist anymore like this I mean it's it's kind of the fact that Break My Soul and Renaissance have gone to the top of the billboard and have gone top of the UK charts and that kind of thing you know it's it's she 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 it's kind of that's a nice byproduct of the fact that she's making mainstream music again but she does not yeah. do shit I wonder if it's this whole thing you know when you know back if you think like 90s and 90s and stuff when you were a superstar you needed to act like a superstar and you needed to keep bringing out stuff like Madonna kept bringing out yeah she had a rougher patches yeah. but not because she wasn't trying yeah but you would never admit that you weren't the queen of pop you, mm. know, you, you had to hold that title and you had to behave like that and you had yeah. to be that royalty I wonder if now there's just because I think there's like we've probably got a, a selection of certain artists now that are kind of sick of what they're doing mm. and whether they're contracted or they're just trying to keep sort like actual fans and stuff happy they're just doing some stuff you know, I don't know whether is, could that album be a spit out of something that's like, yeah, let's do it, mm-hmm. or do we think there's an actual bond to it and like where she really believes this is like the best stuff she's done yet because it's true to her and it's new and all of that? Could she be, could mm. she be faking it, hoping to fizzle because you can't turn around and go, don't really want to do this anymore, guys? I'm the queen, you know. Yeah. Or alternatively, what, what do you do if you take a queen away and royalty away from people that expect the monarchy of music? Yeah. Alternatively, she could be going. There's a few pop stars knocking about now who are like trying to come for the crown. Mm-hmm. I'm going to shit an album out that I know is just going to like reassert the fact that like I've been gone, but I'm never totally gone. Yeah, that it could be, it could be any of those things. Maybe she is bored of it. Because I just think some pop stars get to a point where they're like, right, I can't. If I want to do music and I want to keep doing what I'm doing, I can't do a hits album. Mm-hmm. I can't have a I can't have four bangers on an album because I have to perform them, yeah. and I can't perform them now that I'm 45 mm-hmm. or that I'm 55 or I'm 65. You need to do the the album tours and then maybe whip out 45 seconds of a crazy in love and that's your that's your peak cardio done for the week you know <laughs> yeah you never know I don't know Beyonce I know you listen hit us up tell us a crack yeah boo so that was Beyonce and Jay-Z at number two <laughs> oh, this isn't even rehearsed isn't even rehearsed uh, we'll go to number three. <laughs> Ooh, I know uh, this is from Jürgen Vries is he Dutch no he's British Shut up. Mm-hmm. Is that just piggybacking off the whole thing of like all DJs are Dutch? Has he just gone for a Dutch name? Like Calvin Harris went for like Calvin Harris because he thought would like blend in with the. He's not Dutch. It's Darren Tate. It's DT. I can project. see why he changed his name. It's Angelic. Yeah, it's all of these name. things. So the, you got Jer- you got Jurgen Vries, who's not got his name, and you got CMC. Mm-hmm. This mysterious is it LMC? Is it like a prequel to that? Mm-hmm. Is it mm-hmm. uh, is it is it like CNC Music Factory? <laughs> is it I don't know what is it oh it's Charlotte Church Charlotte Maria Church mm-hmm. is CMC interesting uh, this is of course called the opera song get it because you know opera uh, Brave New World
But like I mentioned, Jurgen Vries has got loads of different monikers. Uh, maybe known for DT8 project quite a lot. Um, mm-hmm. You'll know DT8 yeah, stuff. Yeah, I know like DT8. Yeah. Winter. Um, Angelic, weirdly. Mm-hmm. Angelic was on in the car whenever we were in the car last together. Yeah. Um, Angelic was faced, like, well, the face of Angelic was Judge Jules's wife, Amanda Oriordan. Oh, right. Um, and Judge Jules and Darren Tate produced, I think there might have been a third producer in the house. But yeah, Angelic had some big hits in like 2001, 2002. And as you can imagine with this one, I bloody loved it. Yeah. I've, like, I've so good. this on your radio station before. It's a big tune. Charlotte Church, known more for being like a classical music you know, child prodigy, mm-hmm. been known to people since she was like 11 through classical performances on TV. She was on a talent show. She got a record deal age 12. She had an album uh, when she was 13, which made her the youngest artist in history. It was the number one album on the British classical charts. Three million copies sold worldwide. And now, age 16, she's discovered Cowie's... <laughs> She's in the rear. The old car garage from Sunderland. <laughs> yeah. She's in the car garages doing sniff. And um, she's discovered dance music. And what a choice it was. I, this oh. is a, a really high profile vocalist, which has been disguised. Has it been disguised in a particular reason? Uh, because they didn't think it was good PR for her to be seen on a dance track as uh. her management. Hence why it's CMC. And she never made the video. And, and yes, CGI people video. thought that it was her. Mm. And they never confirmed for a long time that it actually was her. And there's no way that it can't be her because when you listen to it, it's only Charlotte Church. There's another one like this in the dance music world that has an opera singer on it and it's not Charlotte Church and it's decent. I can't remember who it is, but um, we've definitely got Charlotte Church on this one. Yes, it's unmistakably Charlotte Church. Has she ever come out and said that it was her? I think think it's public knowledge now. I'm I'm just making that up. I think it is, but I'm just wondering if she's ever actually come out and said it. I wish she would do more like this. Uh, I think she could be like a Becky Hill. This this could have been a career, couldn't it? But as far as I know, this is the one. This is the only one. Because from here... Like, you know, we'll, we'll do Charlotte Church on the podcast in the future when she's a teenager, but doing like sort of, I don't know. What, this is so good. This is just, yeah. this is vocal trance at its finest. Like, this is such a good, good, good track. And the high note and stuff in it, the, how high she can get is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, unbelievable. That's the big appeal. And it's kind of a miracle based on this. Well, not a miracle. It's kind of a, a wonder why there isn't more opera singers doing dance tracks. No, no, because if you think of like Shakian Saltwater, what you've got is you've got Moira Brennan, which is like kind of opera, but actually it's a bit more ethereal. Whereas this is, this is a belt. This yeah. is an actual belt or a banger. Um, and it's, I just love it. I really do love it. Is it vocally interesting? Yeah, yeah, there's like, there's kind of the upliftingness of it that we'd seen last week with some of the tracks. Mm. Like Feeder was quite uplifting by the end. This is just something special the whole way through. And then it's kind of like, a really credible fly on the wings of love because it has the animated video and stuff yeah, too. Yeah. Like they're all, it all feels like intertwined and of an era and just really smart. Darn it, well done. It sounds quite big and futuristic. It's like if you ask Busted what was happening in the year three thousand, it's kind of like this is what they describe. <laughs> I sort of feel like opera singers are our big dance music vocalists. Yeah, yeah. Boy bands they're all dead in the gutter, but Charlotte Church and her like sort of robot clones, they're all blast now. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Down at number 10, a place you don't normally find Craig David, but you kind of are starting to now more. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, when he first burst in the scene, it was hit after hit after hit, number one, number one. Then this new album's come out, Slicker Than Your Average. Starts off with What's Your Flavour, which was just bizarre. 
are we finally back on track with Craig? I, I really, really hope so. Uh, he's working with Mark Hill again, so the recipe's there. Let's cross our fingers for Hidden Agenda. Liam says it is off the second album it's the second single of it uh, I've just written down forgotten it already and I wrote that mm. down while I was listening to it <laughs> isn't that bad yeah it's not a good sign it feels like so what we, we do have a different sign for him I feel like this is his Machico Latino that Jerry had you know mm. so there's a different flavour to it yes obviously hers coming from different heritage hers was a bit more true to itself this just feels like he just needed to make something that was slightly different but I think that it's <laughs> instrumentally I think it's better than What's Your Flavour but What's Your Flavour itself's a hook because when you mm. say What's Your Flavour you go ah. what's your flavor? yeah um, and this is kind of missing it so I do think that this is probably the most forgettable Craig David track but saying that when I listened to it I did enjoy listening to it for a bit mm. but not the whole way and I like I like Craig David I'm probably like very much in his camp Yeah, this is just not the right place it's the first Craig David track of 2003, which is the year that Bo Selector started oh. on TV. So this this is this is the two worlds starting to collide here. Oh. Um, I, I I like it. I think it's I, I like it more than What's Your Flavor. I kind of can't hear it in my head. I'm glad I heard you playing it in the office this morning when you were like writing some notes down because mm-hmm. that was my first time hearing it for a little while. Yeah, I think um, I kind of prefer him. This might be a video note. I prefer when there's a bit of jeopardy. Like, I'm not even sure what this note even means anymore. Should I just read the note out and we'll see if we'll get what it means? Uh, my head's immediately gone to, you love the fact, with like, not seven days, what's the other one? Wow, well, you're creeping badly. You like the fact Fill that there was in. scandal. Yeah. And he was hiding and he was going to get caught. That's it. In those ones, there's kind of jeopardy. He gets to pull some worried faces, has a bit of a fight to get what he wants. Yeah. Whereas here, he's just kind of like, he's just in the heat, rocking his beanie, must be fucking sweating. <laughs> Um, but it's just a bit like you know he's, he's, it's kind of comfortable it's comfortable yeah. maybe he had lice I was watching Shit's Creek <laughs> last night and it was the Shit's Creek where Alexis gets lice so David wears a shower cap under a beanie <laughs> maybe Craig David had lice and you know he had no other option but to wear his beanie in his music video can this be the new like Freddy Star ate my hamster headline <laughs> Craig David has lice Craig David has lice um, I think it's uh, I think it's uh, I, I must have written this note a while ago some of his best in seven days, but I can't hear it in my head. I'll have, I'll have written that while listening to it and being like, you know what? It's better than what's your flavor. Why don't you pretend to sing it? It's called Hidden Agenda. Go, just sing something about Hidden Agendas and see what comes out. Got a hidden agenda. <laughs> I like Futurama, and my favorite character is. Cyborg Bender. <laughs> see, I can rhyme. <sighs> I can't. <laughs> Was that what it sounded like? I can't remember. Oh, I've literally written the, my my notes say forgotten it hyphen quite forgettable and very Latino. Is it his Machico Latino? I know it's got some guitar. So it's kind of like hidden agenda. I don't know. Can't hear it either. Anyway, move on. 
new week and a new month, the 2nd of February 2003. Uh, on TV this week is a now infamous documentary, Living with Michael Jackson, Ooh. with Martin Bashir. And of course, that's been dragged up again recently. He's been kind of criticised for the way he did that and the way he did like Princess Diana and his okay. kind of <gasps> journalistic integrity has come into question. And it turns out he did a lot of things that he shouldn't have, you know, like, you know, journalistic unwritten rules actually probably some written rules that he broke uh, so he's not in, in a great position but that documentary was absolutely I mean do you remember this from the time like I don't think you know no. got let into Neverland and got a look around and he kind of got a bit of an insight into like all the weird things that Michael Jackson was saying and you know his different appearance and dangling the bairn off the balcony I remember and, that but yeah. um, you've got to translate bairn for people that aren't from the North East uh, child, child. child. I, so my, my best mate Sarah at this point you know Sarah was obsessed with Michael Jackson, so we probably didn't watch anything that would bring him into disrepute yeah, because yeah. she was obsessed, obsessed. Has with she him. seen uh, Find a Neverland yet? I don't know because we haven't we haven't seen each other properly in mm. ages. And if we did, Michael Jackson's down the list of things we would chat about. Yeah, we would need yeah. to spend a lot of time to get back yeah, to Michael Jackson. Yeah, I'd be interested to see what she thought. Um, still number one in the album charts is Justin Timberlake and Justified. See, now he's here. It took mm-hmm. him ages to get here, but now he's here. He's here. Yeah. And in the singles, you know what? Funnily enough, you mentioned this song literally like five minutes ago. Number 43, Chicane, Saltwater. Oh, wow. Yeah, not in the top 10, but number 43, there it is, Chicane. Uh, right, so brand new number one. It first charted last week, uh, at number or two weeks ago, at 57 through imports alone. Uh, now it's been officially released. It's number one. It's going to be here for four weeks and becomes one of the biggest seven singles of the year. Uh, not just here, but also in America as well. It's Tattoo and All the Things She Said. This is off their studio album 200 Kilometers in the Wrong Lane. Mm. Um, and it was the lead single on the European releases, obviously, because of the way that it's kind of come, because it's, it's yeah. linked and stuff. But um, It first came out in Russia in 2001 in mm-hmm. Russian, and now it's here in English. Thanks to Hen Lahul up here, Trevor Horn. What did he do? He re- wrote, wrote, wrote the English version. Did he? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Tre- amazing. Trevor Horn, obviously of, of the Buggles uh-huh. fame originally, but oh, like wow. massive songwriter and he's Trump up here in the Northeast. Amazing. This was such a massive, massive talking point for people. Oh, yeah. And you know what it was? This is back to the whole idiot thing. Yeah. We're back to the idiot thing, really, whereas like maybe to let, but what we've seen so far is to let people just even get a glimpse of like India. Indian culture mm. you have to let them dance about like racist weirdos yeah and then maybe to actually get people to open their minds to LGBT relationships and like lesbian kisses you've got to have the guys go <laughs> I've seen some lesbians um, and then actually once you've once school you've, girl outfits yeah once you've dealt with the idiots then maybe there's progress is this is this a is this a cycle that I'm coming up with mm. really maybe this is a cycle just let the idiots do their stuff they'll cause enough ridiculous drama over years to, to do it and then we can start once they get our mind we can make some real progress yeah that's it yeah. but I remember being like oh, I want to see that video where the two girls kiss mm. they're wet <laughs> wet and short skirts yeah. and like what a dopey whatever age I was idiot like uh, 19 years old like, and watching it now you know like I'll have seen this when I was six right Mm-hmm. And I'll have been fascinated by the fact it was two girls kissing. Because mm-hmm. at six year old, I had no sex education. 
that you're taught, either directly or indirectly, that when a man and a woman love each other very much, babies get made, right? And that's what you're told. There's no mention of, like, but what if a man and a man love each other very much, and a woman and a woman love each other? So, so this is the closest thing I've had to any kind of sex education about LGBTQ+, to this point. And even then, I didn't get anything proper until, like, probably ever. I, re- I, recall, I recall getting nothing in school about gay, lesbian, bisexual, anything. No. This is what it was. We were, well, I was lucky because obviously coming from Northern Ireland and I'd gone to a Protestant school even though I was a secret Catholic, uh, we got sex education. Mm. But the school, literally next door, I mean, there's a nine, like there's a one metre wide pathway that's separated us out. They got nothing because they weren't allowed it. Yeah. They got abstinence. Yeah. You know, because they were a Catholic school. Uh, and it was so different to think that I was sitting there, you know, physically playing with a condom <laughs> in our class mm. because we were given condoms and we were allowed to unroll them and things like that you know like that. and next door it was like don't use condoms don't use condoms sin and we were the progressive one because we had condoms whereas actually yeah. you weren't being told anything about same sex relationships no. well because they were they were shunned you know and then you kind of look at I don't know if you're still Catholic but you look at all the stuff in America about abortion you know they still go along with those kind of traditional Christian values they just don't well, exactly. Well, you so, know, it doesn't apply to the modern world. How I learned about this stuff was three <laughs> friends. Oh, well, there so you go. like I See? saw because what I, ha- I think if we had this conversation before, my experience of lesbians and not understand lesbians was Ellen. Do you remember Ellen DeGeneres yeah, yeah, had yeah. a TV program called Ellen? I think mm-hmm. it was like a bookshop, kind of like a bit. Um, you've got Mealy kind of a bookshop, mm. um, and there would be a les. I think there was lesbian connotations in it, but they never really said it very much. It's how um, she came out, isn't it? She came out on that show. Did she? Yeah, I think yep. she. I think she used that to be like. I'm gay yeah. and also like I'm gay like me gay not, yeah. not Ellen gay me gay so huge deal I think in Roseanne Roseanne oh, used yeah. to be on and Roseanne had like a like a sarcastic sister who was quite mannish in her mannerisms and again it was a stereotypical but Roseanne had something but they never addressed it because it was a tea time comedy mm. um, but then you get Carol and Susan and Friends and then oh there's lesbians all of a sudden then what you've got is you've got Chandler's cross-dressing yeah the jokes are all fired at them yeah, but yeah. actually what you see with Carol and Susan was the kind of the most open most normalised lesbian wedding and you know we were still still very much at the point there where lesbians were accepted whereas gay men were not accepted in couples it was there was very much a delay but then we got like Chandler's transgender dad pretty mm-hmm. much and I think weirdly I was watching you know keeping up appearances with Hyacinth Piquet yeah yeah and obviously there's there's jokes I don't know if you really, really know the narrative of it but there's jokes pointing at her son Sheridan who's like her the best thing in the world but actually he's clear as day gay mm. and like very very effeminate but also then she has the sister who has the house and the the, the one with the, the one with the Mercedes and the pool and the, the room for four horses or something like that her husband's a crossdresser mm. in it or what they would call back then a crossdresser um, and there was always scandals but they pulled faces and stuff on it but like like Friends was kind of the first one to start to normalise some stuff you know like in, ni- in the late 90s but that's where I got my yeah. LGBT education from it wasn't from school and it wasn't from living in Northern Ireland mm. all of the other straight people that I was friends with the other yeah. straight white people but, but isn't that fascinating though I think with, with Tattoo and me you know at six year old is uh, I, I, like titillating's not the right word really because like at six year old I wasn't really being titillated by confused. sex <laughs> I was titillated by you know toys yeah not those toys you know, just like kids toys mm-hmm. what, like, this will be kind of like it'll come on TV and I'll have gone what is this I've not seen this before this is interesting and then as you kind of get older and it stays with you you see it in a different way so I'm sure at 16 and I've seen this and gone like four mm-hmm. now at 26 I'm watching this and I'm going like this feels really like pedophilic yeah 
and actually when you read about the story of tattoo it probably actually is mm-hmm. and the intentions behind it kind of were that ivan shapovalov was the person who put these together. He was inspired by a Swedish film called Show Me Love, the plot of which focused on the romance between two schoolgirls. Mm-hmm. So he's taken that from that and made this. Tattoo is a Russian phrase which translates as this girl loves that girl. So very, you know, the whole thing from the off was based around like you know, a lesbian young relationship. Mm-hmm. The song was made. The co-manager of the group, who you know wasn't Ivan, he pulled it. Didn't think it was going to be a success. Then they got signed, and then of course it came out. And some critics even labelled it as paedophilic pop. And it turns out, after all this time, the lesbian thing was manufactured, even though everyone at the time was convinced that this was like you know real. These two girls were really going out. They were really mm-hmm. gay. This was almost like watching a documentary. The way it was portrayed. But actually, it wasn't. And actually, in the end, one of them, Julia, has made some quite controversial comments about male homosexuality. Oh and it's a bit like, I know it's Russia, and not to, not to paint with broad strokes, but we all, you know, Russia is not seen as the most accepting country. It comes from the top, mm-hmm. from Vladimir Putin and stuff. I'm gonna, <laughs> am I going to die now? I've said his name in a disparaging way. Are they going to come for me, the KGB or whatever? So yeah, tattoo is a very controversial thing. I look at it now. I'm certainly not titillated or turned on by no. it. Like I would have been maybe as a misguided teenager. Now I just see it and I'm like, ick. And I was that target Weird. audience and they got me. Yeah. And, that's I, it. and that's me, it. probably me less compared to some of the other lads that I know. You know, yeah. what a strange one. It was banned on the Russian MTV, obviously, because it was de- depicted lesbianism and support for gay rights. Um, CD UK banned it because it wasn't suitable for kids. Richard and Judy campaigned for it to be banned because it pandered to paedophiles. So you've got all that stuff going for it. That's just the video, and that's just kind of the general vibe of the band. Let's get into the song. Because mm-hmm. I fucking love it. <laughs> Which is the problem. Yeah. Musically, it's a nice little piece of gold. Yeah. Oh, it's solid gold. Mm-hmm. But the video, it's just like... Yeah. <sighs> there is a little bit of that, you know, vocally, there's that, you know, whenever I say sometimes Girls Aloud sing in what seems like a St. Trinian's choir kind of vibe, where they're in yeah. similar keys. There's that, there is a choir vibe of it, which means it immediately relates to young people who've had those noises in school assemblies when they've been singing and stuff. You've got that. Like, whatever the synth is. Like, there's so much in it that's just really, really good. There's a depth to it that's really nice and bassy. There's hooks in it. I think you can take the lyrics and you can mould it into something that fits your life. Yeah. You know, it carries it's, with you the different circumstances. It's only taken on the connotations it has because of, you know, the aesthetic and the, the mise-en-scene or whatever. You mm-hmm. know, like the song itself doesn't need to be about two teenage schoolgirls. No. It just happens that that's what they designed it as, but mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be. No. It doesn't, you can totally separate it off. And it's that's kind a of... a K-pop video to this and it would be amazing. Yeah. And like an, an, oh, like totally. an anime kind of a thing. It would be brilliant. Yeah. I don't know why it needed to be this and of course from here it just becomes exclusively this like you know the story continues from here with other songs and other yeah. things it will do which kind of focus on the same premise you know I think they, they built success off that I wouldn't well yeah so the, the Richard and Judy thing of pandering to paedophiles I think it also kind of queer baits a bit and it kind of panders to the queer community and the LGBTQ community generally you know they had no problem just exploiting that yeah. And just kind of using it and exploiting it. And then, you know, once the fame kind of all was over, being like, whoops, mm-hmm. it was just a joke. Well, not a joke, but just it wasn't authentic. I think I don't, I don't, I don't hold the, the two girls at fault for that, really. I think like the two children. The two children, yeah. Yeah. Clearly it was engineered above their heads and they just kind of went along with the ride, I think. 
Um, I think we're. I think you know, if we fast forward ten years from now, right, and we look back at this podcast, I think just generally in society, we just have major issues. You know, if it's starting to come out in sports about the way people have been treated, I still think there's a lot to be. I think there's a lot more to come out in circumstances where children have had to work like adults. Oh God, yeah. Like whether anything has happened. You know, it's not. It's not based on what we know now. You know, like even gaslighting and stuff is whatever the the future things are that just seem normal that we just don't realise. Like yeah. I still think there's a massive thing about making kids watch things too early. Yeah. And the future is going to be deemed child abuse, and yeah. children are going to stand up at 25 and go, "I watched this film before it was a PG, and I shouldn't have that. It was child abuse. I was abused as a child." And like, there's so many people that are heading towards that. Mm. You know, really, but you just don't know what the next. But in 10 years, I think there's lots of things that are going to come back, and this situation is going to seem even worse. Yeah. Like I'm worried yeah. about it. Oh, it, 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 it makes me sad to think about because I do love the song so much. It's got a bit of all sorts. It's got like electronic dance elements. It's got heavy rock. Mm-hmm. It's got like a tense percussion to it. It's obviously hugely pop music as well. And yeah. the fact they managed to blend all that together and still come out with a track that is just like so brilliant. It's an interesting structure. Chorus, verse, kind of breakdown, kind of bridge, mm-hmm. chorus, post-chorus slash bridge again. Then another kind of chanty bridge, like a sort of Centrinian's bridge thing. Mm-hmm. Another chorus. Yeah, like I, I do like it. I'm not. I can't do anything with it because I can't see the difference between this and listening to some amazing old school tracks from people who are now in prison. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or dodgy. It's like, <clears throat> are we? You know, because they are like Eric Murillo, mm. brilliant songs. Yeah, like, actually brilliant songs. But. Can I play them? No. Do I even want to talk about him? I've just said his name. Yeah. Um, we have blanked his name because, out before, but we'll keep it in this time. Well, yeah, but it's because I'm because yeah, yeah. I'm not going to other artists, yeah, and yeah. I've gone I've gone down the list a little bit with him. But yeah, it's it's just a it's just a horrible set of situations. Like it, it is production wise, it's a good song. It is genius. It's smartly done. If it wasn't them, it could have still a bit of hit for somebody else. But there's too much in the backstory that keeps this song alive, and actually, we should all be willing to put it to sleep. Mm. Mm. I'm not willing to put it to sleep because I enjoy listening to it so much yeah. but I'm able to listen to it without thinking about the other stuff and I know the two are like intrinsically connected because of course they are I kind of can separate them off my but it might have changed my thinking a bit today yeah. my brain it, deleted it didn't it because when we did the prep for this as much as it was on of our documentation my brain, yeah, my brain didn't see it, it yeah. and I skipped past it and had to go and double check mm. I, I just think it doesn't need do you think it would still be a hit based on song alone if it wasn't for the everything else that, pr- that probably made it what it was? It depended because it's sitting in a world of Beyonce's and Crimea Rivers and yeah. things. But I still like. I think that that song with a different, more appropriate type of PR and maybe a moment in society that wasn't driven around what it was driven around, mm. it would have been because it is a good song. Like it is really, really good, but. The thing is, that when I hear that song, I picture that video. I don't picture nights out that I've had dancing to it and dance with people. No. And I will have done a lot at that point. I am still picturing them girls in the rain matched, pushed up against fences and stuff. Yeah. You know. And the video is just so much of that, isn't it? It's like, I forgot just how much of the video was just that moment essentially played over and over again mm-hmm. in like different speeds. Yeah. It's like a Japanese horror film. Yeah. Like in the way it looks, like the way the camera moves and the kind of the colours and the... It's like very grey, it's like very drab, and it's just like just that one thing that happens mm-hmm. kind of uncomfortably for a long time. Yeah, it's like artistic for all the wrong reasons, but actually yeah. if it wasn't that way if it if that wasn't the way the story had formed, it could be considered a really bloody good bit of art. Yeah. It's just it's tainted. Uh, uh, Taint two, all the things she said. Oh, very good. 
before we move to the next thing on that topic then because we've we've been having this conversation off podcast I was going to say off air but it's not well, it's kind of air we obviously skipped some artists in the past mm-hmm. we've skipped R. Kelly yep and Marilyn Manson mm-hmm. I don't think they were songs that were like you know worth keeping around but there is one from R. Kelly coming up that was number one for a long time very very big mm-hmm and I've been having conversations with friends who've been asking about that and they've been saying, like, you know, who've been skipping lately. I'm like, no no one recently, because the podcast hasn't been on and there's not been that many yet, but actually when you go into the artists we've got coming up, there are people who probably can be skipped on similar logic and it's like, where does the book stop? Yeah. Either we ca- cancel everyone or cancel, I think, no one. And I think, I think prison. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, but, there's prison, but there's prison for a whole bunch of reasons, isn't there? I think... I'm I'm curious to know what the, the listeners think. I've I've had people who say we're doing the right thing. I've had people saying like let the art speak and kind of still you know criticize people mm-hmm. for what they've done. But you know, well that'll change my whole radio station because the songs I don't play <laughs> that I really want to play, and I'm like I can't because if I do it, other people will do it. Yeah. And really, what happens is when we talk about it, or anybody talks about it, or anybody tweets about it, it puts that business's stock up. Mm-hmm. And as much as they're in prison, they still make money for it. Yeah. You know, so like the fact that we talk or could talk about a track that was number one for ages in future, that simply for us going and doing the research on that means we're pressing pressing play on YouTube mm. and we're contributing to that. Or if we're listening to it on Spotify, that person's getting 0.005 pence. And do we want to give them that? I don't want to give them that. You know, email us hello at tnnpod.co.uk. Interested to hear your thoughts. Very interested. Very interested. Okay, we'll leave tattoo in the past, probably where it belongs, uh, but we'll bring something forward which very much belongs in 2022. And it's sad that that's the case, but maybe this can be a bit of a renaissance, just musically, because I'd never heard this before, or I don't remember it particularly. This was... I know. So forgotten. Yeah, so forgotten. so important. Like, I I show people a song all of the time. Like, I Mm. talk about it probably once every three months. I make somebody listen to it because I'm, it I'm just, just feels like it's just been it's just become more and more and more yeah. relevant maybe there's a few tweaks or like you know if you did a 2022 version yeah, some yeah, things yeah. would be softened a little yeah. bit um, and attitudes would be different towards it but this this kind of captures the attitude of people towards certain things at the time but also it just talks about the rise of all of these things and the knock on effects of like gun crime and yeah. uh, teenage pregnancy and suicide and all of this kind of stuff and very important song that I don't think should ever be forgotten yeah it probably isn't heard much because it's just too raw because it feels like every week an incident like this happens and nobody wants to hear it because it's just too too no. real too close to the bone and th- these this song when you listen to it and you watch the video to it was things that either happened in America or rarely happened to people near you whereas now it's harder because it's closer yeah um, in so many different ways not so much here the gun crime part no, of it no. isn't necessarily the, the same I think I think there's there's probably more the pregnancy thing obviously attitudes have changed suicide is way more prevalent with us today than it's probably yeah. ever been in our lifetimes because you just do, I saw somebody this morning and I was like where are they going they're going a funny way why are they going that way they shouldn't mm. be here and I was actually a bit panicked and I had to message them because I'm now paranoid about it you know mm. so. it's a track we've been mentioning a fair bit over the last years of doing the podcast because it's always been coming and we've spoken before about the effect it has on Scott we'll not drag it out any longer this is Kelly Rowland Destiny's Child bandmate of Beyonce we've already mentioned today uh, this is her track Stole Theater show. She could have been a movie star, never got the chance. 
I've got this down as an intro juice. How about you? Because it's yeah. very, very good. There's so much in this, and the song itself's powerful. If you, I would say to anybody, if you haven't seen the music video for this and you feel up to watching the music video mm. for this, trigger warning. You, yeah, it's, it's a massive trigger warning. You have, like, you don't see anything. No, but just but the, it, it'll it'll pull in yeah. like Kelly Rowland's crying at the end of it. Yeah, um, but you need to. And it looks probably real need to watch as well. It. it looks like a re- it looks really authentic. The tears it at does. the end. Yeah. yeah, because they go the way. Like I'm, I don't know what way. I don't know if I have tears when I cry. I'm just a messy yeah. crier. But my wife has. I call it. I call them the gem eyes, and they go. The tears go down her face a specific way, mm. and Kelly Rowland's are going down a very specific way, and it's um yeah. Very well done. If it's real, very well done. If it's a makeup artist, they've smashed it. I saw Top Gun again on um, last week. Mm-hmm. And I just cried and cried and cried. Oh, really? Is it yeah. a crier? Yeah, yeah. Oh no. I think. Well, yeah, yeah. The new, the new one, the, uh-huh. the, the, the sequel. Yeah. By the end of my face was just soaked. Oh. Like I think when I cried, wet. Are you? A, are you? A, I'm a gusher. Are you a quiet, quiet gusher? Or I, are, you, are you noisy? It kind of. De- I'm quite. Yeah, quiet gusher. Are I you? can sit and kind of like. I know when it's going to happen. I can feel like my throat go. I feel mm-hmm. like it. I can be watching like a trailer and just something happens that sets me off and I can feel my kind of and then a tear comes. Yeah. But like for Top Gun it was just like streams. Oh, I had what did I have the other day? So Felix, my little boy's now I've managed to get him to properly watch Toy Story where he'd watch it and we've got through Toy Story and then he was like, Toy Story, Toy Story. So I tried to I had to trick him on to get number two on the other day. Mm. So I got number two on. Um oh, and God, then, number three. Well number three. Oh. At the end I was and I didn't know that they were like this at the at yeah, the end. Yeah. I was I was I'd missed it up. And then he starts to talk to me and I'm like, Oh I don't think I can speak to you. <laughs> I'm like, what is going on with Toy Story Three? Thanks very much. Are they uh, did I miss something in one and two that also were like that? I don't think so. Because the end of three is like pure sad. Toy it's Story amazing, Fo- Toy Story Four's kind of got a bit of it as well because like gosh, is it? it's like the toys become like somebody else's toys and it's like the end of a childhood sort of thing. And it's just like well, that's the third one. That was the third. Well, it happens one. again. It kind of oh, it carries, it? Oh, it carries in the fourth one. So yeah. this is me. So I must say, I had never seen Toy Story until last week. Wow! Like I'd not seen any of them, um, so it was brand new to me and stuff too. And yeah, like with everything kind of going on in the world I'm much more sensitive but um, I made it me too god um, damn it no. that's horrible um, but at least we're alive a little bit yeah. uh, but I, we have this and I was trying to think what if I really needed to cry what would I watch that would make me cry and um, I made a video last week for TikTok which was like historical Northern Irish things and stuff and um, I, I started to patch some stuff together and then I was like oh what about this advert I was like I don't think there's any of this advert that I could put online and it was an anti-terrorism advert mm. and it is I couldn't I couldn't chop one bit of it because the whole thing's like it has cats in the cradle in the background but oh I was like oh I can't watch that advert and then I was messaging my mate Craig talking about Toy Story and he's like yeah I can't watch this and um, he was just telling me the things that he would struggle to watch and stuff but um, yeah but Kelly Rowland like yeah. I managed to do the prep for it and get through it yeah you know I, I kind of I saw you doing it today because I kind of got in the office a bit early and yeah, you kind of held mm-hmm. it together pretty well. I didn't, do you know what it was? Because I know the video inside out and upside down, I was just glancing while I was making notes pretty much, so I didn't watch it. Whereas I do think if you watch it, honestly, if you need, maybe if you just need a good cry. Yeah. Like just, there are there will be some outdated themes towards the teenage pregnancy thing yeah. as if it's the end of the world and things, but I, that was the attitude back then. I didn't cry when I watched the video, but I was doing some prep last night. I was, I literally last night, I was, because it's, it's hot at the minute. It was too hot in the house. I went and sat in the garden in the dark, like 11 o'clock at night. Outside, headphones in, got myself a beer. I thought nice. I'll, have a, I'll have a beer on the bench and I'll write some notes. And I listened to Stoll and I did I did shed a little bit of a tear oh, tonight. Just and this, from the sound? Just from the song, yeah. I think mm-hmm. it's a, it's just a very emotionally engaging thing and it, it does conjure a lot of real things that we've all experienced in some way or another. Mm-hmm. 
And then this morning, as I was like sort of waking up, like you know, half awake, half asleep, it was in my head. I could hear the same, like the chorus going, up, and mm-hmm. I couldn't get out of my head. It's because it's a good song, it's a great song. And I don't know whether it was so much and so powerful for people that they avoided it, and their brains have actively forgotten it on purpose. Mm-hmm. But it kind of, you know, Mary's got the same size hands as Marilyn Monroe. She put her fingers in the imprints in the Chinese theatre show. So when I went to LA, we stayed in the uh, Roosevelt. Check me, I stayed in the Roosevelt. Okay. It was my honeymoon, so we paid for yeah, yeah. the experience. We don't do that. Um, but a, a straight across the road from it is Grauman's Chinese theatre. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we got there, and it all made sense. Things clicked. And it's like, oh, that makes sense. So she was, she was able to see that she was like the next Marilyn Monroe physically, mm-hmm. but also like spiritually in many ways too but there's so much in it that's just great but musically it's lovely I used to really dislike the bit where Kelly Rowland says about the guy playing on his guitar and she air guitars but guitar comes in randomly Mm. over the song Um, I loved it today Mm. I didn't dislike it but I used to dislike it because I didn't understand why it needed to happen and then I kind of get it because had he not been bullied he could have done something with his guitar because it was his thing and that made me today when I was listening to it it just reminds me of um, have you heard Sam Fender's letter to myself that they did on Scott Mills' show oh no where you you have to write letters to your younger self and stuff and Sam's is a crier oh I can imagine yeah it's brilliant but he just he just tells himself go and pick up the guitar just pick up the guitar forget about everything else go to the corner and pick up that guitar and that kind of reminded me of that a little bit and it's yeah, it's a very special song. Great yeah, video. Like, very special. Really, really good. It's just sad, isn't it, that we've made no progress on any of it in I, 20 years? I do think that... Kind of. Yeah, I do. Very I do. little. Well, I don't I don't think... I think attitudes have changed towards... So there's a teenage pregnancy in it. Um, and um, I do think that attitudes are different towards that now. And I actually felt really excited about something last week because we had... You know, there was a couple of people, like, around our town got pregnant early. Um, and it became a battle of the schools. It became a battle of... How, how many you'd get per school at the mm. time you were at school um, and then what age they kind of were too it's kind of the same in Washington where I was so a, lot of, a lot of girls didn't finish the school because they were off having kids well our posh school had the most wow which was not in my era it had the most but that's not what you would have expected plus also in Northern Ireland at those times there was no access to abortions because they just didn't exist mm. and actually that's how EasyJet made a lot of their money charging people from Northern Ireland to fly to Manchester mm. um, so they built the whole business off it but we had somebody in my school at 13 get pregnant and it was kind of like scandal but she was the only real one during my kind of reign and um, I, saw a pic- I saw a picture of her a few weeks ago on Facebook I'm not friends with her I must have been Facebook checking her but I I saw a picture of her standing beside her daughter and like it looked so special Mm. you know the grief and the upset and the torment she would have had in like 1996 or whatever getting pregnant that young and I was I wasn't in the room when she got pregnant but I was on the school holiday that she got pregnant on because I know the person was the father Mm -hmm. and that opportunity was on that holiday that it arose but it was just I just looked and thought do you know what what a brilliant life you have for being so young and so close in age to your actual child yeah because you know you get different experiences to you they're like um, what age am I what, was I 30, uh, 36 when I had Felix probably but um, it's just different there's no right way to do it no of course there's not. legal ways to do it yeah you know yeah but mm. yeah I think I, I think particularly what I took from it was the gun violence side yes which has not changed no there's been no movement no. if anything politically it's gone further towards that it's trumped it's, yeah it's, you know. it's been trumped mm-hmm. that's his legacy it's 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 whipping up this frenetic angry toxic atmosphere that allows you know school shootings and cinema shootings and nightclub shootings and gay pride march shootings 
to be almost kind of normalized. It's like, oh, there's another one. Yeah. You know, Columbine's remembered as a an incident, but like now, there's been so many mm-hmm. that like they, you know, the, the, some of them, you know, Sandy Hook is one that stands out. But like, you know, there's so many now that they just don't have that same Columbine feel because they're just so generalized. Yeah. And that's that is the thing is like things are getting so it's it's more now it's just it's not I hope that these things don't happen it's just I just don't want them in my garden you know you don't want them in yeah. your immediate yeah, life yeah. because it's so common but yeah there is that is quite scary that there's so much and then, you know, I come from a world of guns it sounds so stupid I come from a world of guns whereas mm. you will never have come from that you know for you to no, experience no. a gun you probably need to go and um, go paintballing or <laughs> clay laser pigeon quasar. shooting or something like that Yeah, whereas, <laughs> that's my gun experience laser yeah, quasar nobody in my family had a proper gun we had one of my brothers had a pellet gun he shot me properly with a steel pellet Gosh. the day he got the pellet gun so I can I can fire you're a victim of gun crime I am a victim of gun crime um, <laughs> I would I would say I'm more of a victim of bro crime because the brother's <laughs> existences uh, existences uh, was probably more severe but like I can shoot a gun yeah, like I can shoot. I'm, I remember where do we go? We went to the hoppings, oh, yeah. and I come up beside this big Raji Charver who didn't have a shirt on, <laughs> who clear as day was like little me pulled up when I was like, I was like just slim, but had never really been to a gym or anything, mm, so it was just like scrawny. a really up and down shape. Yeah. Um, but worked here in a professional job and stuff. I remember pull, the hoppings is this massive carnival in huge Newcastle, Euro- Europe's biggest fun fair. It is Europe's biggest fun fair, and I pulled up beside this guy, and honestly, I had to shoot down three of them metal men to win a bloody prize. Ping ding. Ping ding ping ding. The guy hadn't even reloaded his gun the second time, and I'd pure Northern Irish them all down and walked away with my prize. He the gun on the side. But he was he was such an idiot. Like just as soon as I got there, and I did get him. But I think with Kelly Rowland, we've got to you know we get what a feel. We get so many bangers off Kelly Rowland. But this song, as much as it brings the tone and the worry and stuff into the podcast, it's really really important. Take five minutes of your day if you've not seen the video. Go and see it. But there's so many more. Yeah. bangers to come oh god both yeah. in the podcast and from kelly yeah um but important 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 so all we can kind of say i think a lot of the criticism of it comes from the fact that just kind of off the back of dilemma people are like what yeah this uh-huh but like ignore that and just focus on what it is mm-hmm. and it's great and but wouldn't it be nice to think that one day we can look back on this as a bit of history as opposed to a bit of like yes current affairs mm-hmm. fuck me And finally, nice, you know what, after Tattoo and Kelly Rowland and real stuff, let's just get breezy, put on a Hawaiian <laughs> shirt, pop a few buttons, roll up a doobie, sit on the beach and listen to Cameron. I'll sit on the beach with you. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is Cameron featuring Jewel Santana. Hey, Ma. What's up? Let's slide. All right. All right. We gon' get it on the I forgot what the sign's like. <laughs> <laughs> but I know that I liked it. It's like, hey, Ma, what's up? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. Yeah, yeah. It's because of the one before that I get the two mixed together. Right. I have this down as an intro juice. Good. Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Samples Easy by the Commodores. That's oh, the yeah. sound of it, yeah. yeah. Okay. Why I'm easy. This is huge. It was. This is weird. This is like, there's TikToks going about at the moment where you duet with somebody and somebody films himself first and they do 
one part of it you know like yeah yeah and they leave a gap and then they, yeah. yeah 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 but this was like the original kind of one of that where yeah yeah you took you, you could be in a club and you'd like look at someone Just and then you do one but yeah you'd mouth at each Point. other oh, horrible yeah. uh, how did yeah. we ever pull <laughs> but um, <laughs> <laughs> but this is one of those songs and this is like why it's pretty good because you know it was fun yeah I wonder if this is a TikTok trend worth having a look actually uh, number three on the billboard in America that's number three that's Jesus. how big it was ATF three there massive God. didn't really catch on did War Cameron I think this was his third album but like didn't really have a big career from here after the heaviness of Stool to have some kind of shaggy vibes and some kind of breezy trivial nonsense is much appreciated yeah it's <laughs> it has a line in it <laughs> I wonder if plus you've got I the same lay, it's going to be the same one probably is yeah plus I can lay the pipe yeah lay, well is, there's that there's a few other things actually I'm going to have to oh, get no, right, okay, but yeah, th- there's lay the pipe which actually is it um, the new Calvin Harris Pharrell says it in that song he says and you can lay the pipe so you can fill the pipe till the dawn and in the video, he's like standing there, like swinging his hips, like sort of like gesturing. Oh no! See, laying the pipe to me from Northern Ireland means I can have a massive long poo. I thought yeah, like laying a cable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dropping the kids off at the pool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, let me Google. What's it ca- to say? Um, uh, can I drop off a load of brown rope? Is that what it was? Oh, L- lay, oh that's lay some brown rope. Oh, yeah. That's mm-hmm. see, kids at the pool. That's sort of cheeky, but brown rope. That's, that's oh god, that's mm-hmm. gross. So so okay. So one thing he does, he he, he rhymes. Um, Holler and spit with swallow and sip. Okay. So there's that. At one point he goes, uh, they all say I'm rotten and rich, but not her boobies real. And then later on, he says, uh, we left the movie with Uzi's Suzuki wheels to the jacuzzi. I tell you my boobies real. Like my boo is real. My mm-hmm. boobie real. Like Ali G, my boobies real. Yep. Go to the crib. She got the Gucci linen. I see booby grinning. As in, like, Boo is grinning. Mm-hmm. So three times there, in, like, the space of about ten seconds, he said the word boobies, and I've laughed every single time. Oh, yeah, you seem, like, entertained by that. Booby entertained <laughs> here. <laughs> yeah. But, no, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's beautifully juvenile. Like, you know, whereas Tattoo is just, like, obviously just, like, controversial. This is, like, it's cheeky, and, I, and, yeah. I, and, I, and that's fine. Like, it's okay. He's, um, he offers to lay the pipe. He's getting ready to bone. Um... He's got his Boston Celtics. <laughs> He's kind of like a Boston Nelly, like a sort of a Boston pound shop Nelly. Is there it? Yeah, from, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's all I've got to say. Not very highbrow, but um, that's fine. But it's kind of I've said this before, and I've said this to an actual comedian before, and they're a bit like, "What are you talking about?" And I was like, "Fine, whatever. I guess I'm just talking shit." But there's kind of the way they've done the thing with boobies is quite clever, and I think it's possible to make lowbrow highbrow, and this sort of does it. That is so much better than my niece Charlie when I was younger and went in to get her out of uh, our crib or her crib whenever she was staying at our house. Uncle Scott, you have got a fat belly and boobies. (laughs) 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 And you know what? They're very nice. They're very subtle. Subtle? Supple. Supple. I was 11 stone. There wasn't a bit of fat in my body. (laughs) Right. uh, It was a short week. Just uh, six songs, although it feels like, you know, big songs mm-hmm. that kind of got us a bit bogged down possibly. But uh, we now have the opportunity to put them in some kind of order and then pick our favourite one, which will go up against Girls Aloud uh, in just a few minutes time. So, Scott, you've got some choices to make. I feel like I know what you're going to do. Do you? Yeah. That's so weird. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, pff, I'm struggling to get the four. Okay. But I'm going to do four just 
in case it's going to impact the Twitter poll. Well, we just need three. We today. just need three, don't, don't we? Oh! Because the listener's choice will go up against... Yeah, 3,000. Bye, Busted. Cool. See you, Cameron. Bye. <laughs> bye, Cra- <laughs> bye, Craig. Bye, Cameron. Bye, In <laughs> uh, third position, I can't believe I'm putting this in third, Jay-Z and Beyonce knows Bonnie and Clyde. All I need in this life is is me and my girlfriend. Me and my girlfriend. Second position... <sighs> And you know what? All the things we haven't, I haven't said out loud all of the reasons why I like my top one. Jurgen Vries and CMC, the opera song number two. And in first position, because actually I think it's really sing alongable if you cannot cry through it. Mm-hmm. Um, it progresses really well. It gets large in places. It has great breakdowns. Lyrically, it's brilliant. Vocally, it's amazing. Number one this week, Kelly Rowland stole. I didn't expect on paper to do that because I saw Jay-Z and Beyonce coming and I thought I would like it much more than I did and actually I forget, I don't love it. Mm, okay. okay, Liam? Uh, yeah, it's tricky. It's tricky. I'm not that taken by Jay-Z and Beyonce. Not enough to put it in the pot. Ooh. Not taken enough by Craig. Mm-hmm. Not taken enough by Cameron. Mm-hmm. So that leaves three. It doesn't. It leaves two. No, no, it's three. Oh, tattoo! I forgot about yeah, tattoo. Yeah, yeah tattoo. I don't want, they're not getting because I haven't done the prep no, for no, it. I had to no. do it off the phone. Yeah, okay. um, yeah, I'm not putting tattoo in. Sorry. Okay, that's fine. Uh, three is gonna be stole. Two is gonna be Jurgen. And CMC. Mm-hmm. And one, because I am able to separate the two in my head, I can listen to this without watching it and not think about all that. Tattoo is the winner this week. I feel like though, and this, this, uh, and I'll, I'll leave what I'm going to say till afterwards. <laughs> okay, cool. So Scott, you've got Girls Aloud, Sound of the Underground, up against Kelly Rowland and Stole, a track we've been like really almost in the same way that we built up Girls Aloud, like constantly kind of referring to something coming up. Yeah, Stole's like for a different reason. Stole's been mentioned quite a lot, so it's two quite notorious naughty's naughty bits of canon. It's kind of like yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. okay. Right. Are you ready? Yeah. Drone. I think that Kelly Rowland Stole's amazing. What I do think actually what's happened to it is this was like a really subtle um, invisible bit of cancel culture because people were so impacted and scared by it. And could you cancel it if it was as impactful? Um, I do love it. It hasn't impacted the same way as Sound of the Underground has. Social impact, massive, Girls Aloud stays on. So, Liam, you've got Girls Aloud versus Tattoo. Mm-hmm. Here's your drone. Sonically, I think they're very close together. And we've got a friend, Lee, Lee Hawthorne, I'm going to credit him, who calls Sound of the Underground like the best guitar song ever. Mm. And he's got criticism for that because, for one, it's more known as a pop song, but there is obviously so much guitar, guitar in it. In it. Mm-hmm. And people will go yeah but what about like you know this rock band you know like ACDC for example that's you know what about 
fucking Led Zeppelin or whatever, but no, he stands firm at Skills Allowed. And I think if you're talking about that abstract or that abstract, abstracted version of guitar music as being like not what you'd typically think of, like Tattoo's kind of in there for me as well, with a yeah. big like, yeah, it's just like a big thrashy wall of sound, wall of sound sort of thing. Yeah, it comes from people who have questionable decision making when it comes to you know the aesthetic and all that sort of stuff but the song is brilliant and it's a question of can i, I I've, I've been able to separate them enough to make it an episode winner but can i separate the dodgy pedophile stuff and then i say the word pedophile and i go i don't want to be associated with that i don't want that to be on my spreadsheet as like he got rid of girls allowed to look at girls not allowed to do anything at that age because they're schoolgirls. So Girls Allowed stays on. But it's such a shame that the non-seeness of it all is such a big factor in it. Because I think the song is is probably just as good as Girls Allowed. Okay. If we didn't do if we just literally like if we came into this as people who didn't like music or I didn't like context and didn't research and stuff, then I probably could have gone tattoo. But yeah. There is more to it than just Alien the song. Liam and Alien Scott might have given it more. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okie doke. Fair enough. Uh, so you've gone with Kelly, Jay Z, CMC. I've gone Tattoo. I think mm-hmm. Tattoo should be in there. What if it sticks at the top of the pole for ages, though? <laughs> and we've just, like, funded a bunch of pedophiles. Well, I've chosen it as a winner, so it's got to be in there. Well, no, so we, we only have to have three. Yeah, but, but I've chosen it as a winner. It's got to be in there. Oh, okay. Hmm. So I'm putting in Kelly. I'm putting in mine. It's either Charlotte Church or Beyonce. Okay, that's fine. And I'll let you have it, providing I can say this line. Don't vote for it. Impartiality rules. We're not the BBC. This is not regulated. We are just bound by general laws. No defamation of character. But we threw that out the window. Anyway, yeah, so there we that's go. Gone. Are, we, are we doing Jay-Z and Beyonce or, or Jürgen Vries? Uh, oh. There's plenty more Beyonce coming up. We only get Charlotte Church once. But will anybody yeah. vote for it? Beyonce. Jürgen Vries. Okay. okay. There's plenty more Beyonce to come. Plenty more Beyonce to come. Uh, send us your thoughts. We'd love to hear them at TNNPod on Twitter, uh, at TNNPod on Facebook. Same on Instagram, actually, as well. And you can email us, uh, hello at TNNPod.co.uk. We've also got our own email addresses, too, which we fucking pay for, so make use yeah, of them. Use them. Uh, Liam at TNNPod.co.uk and Scott at TNNPod.co.uk. Send us stuff, emails, voice notes, uh, angry rants, de- not not, de- not death threats. No, nah, I don't have uh, time for that. No. No, no, no. Anything else? Yeah, but next time, Justin Timberlake reveals his dark side, Liam Gallagher reveals his soft side, and Blazing Squad are once again outside, just struggling to look menacing. Yeah, it's never going to happen, lad, sorry. Nope. And the latest product of the reality TV conveyor belt is someone Scott has seen in the shops. Woo! How exciting!